1: Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Friday morning. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, we have spent a lot of time, uh, and rightfully so, discussing the new contracts uh, that the Blue Jackets will need to sign with restricted free agents Pierre-Luc Dubois and Vladislav Gavrikov, especially PLD, because he is... Uh, the guy who has offer sheet rights, Gavrikov does not. So it's just a matter of time for Gavrikov. Um, one thing we've not done yet, and I think I think now is a, a, a good time to, is to look forward to what is on the horizon for this team contractually. I mean, we know that in two years, Seth Jones, Waranski, all those uh, Merslikins or Corpusala, whichever goalie is here, they'll be up. But there's one that's that's more close on the horizon i think is fascinating um, on a lot of different levels uh nick felino who as of last week when free agency started has been eligible to sign a contract extension with the blue jackets Uh, he will be a ufa after this season so next summer whenever i shouldn't say summer whenever the off season next year is Right. Um, right and the the expectation i believe the desire on both sides uh, is for Felino to finish his career in the Union Blue. Um, I spoke with Nick two days ago now, a story appearing shortly on the site, uh, just about where his thought thoughts are uh, regarding this contract. And for him, the overriding uh, narrative that he kept coming back to was, I want to finish what we started here in Columbus. So if you remember when he arrived in Columbus, 2012, it was a very dark time for the Blue Jackets franchise. Uh, Scott House was the GM, but not for much longer. He would be fired a month into the season It started late because of the lockout. Yarmo Kekalainen came in. So Nick Foligno predates Yarmo Kekalainen. Yarmo Kekalainen or uh, Nick Foligno predates John Davidson. So he is he he starts back to a previous um, administration. And has been here through some some pretty important stretches for this organization. Uh, And he wants to finish what he has started here in Columbus. And that's, although a bit of a cliche, and he he apologized uh, profusely for that, as he always does. But by finish what he starts, he doesn't mean I want to retire a Blue Jacket necessarily. He wants to win a Stanley Cup in Columbus. Um, I think he does want to retire a Blue Jacket, but... They, they face an interesting, I think, uh, crossroads here when they come to a, a time where they need to discuss his contract. They've not had any contract talks yet. Um, nothing to worry about, nothing to be alarmed about. Um, but it's something that they'll meet about in, in good time. He said he doesn't even mind if it goes in uh, to next offseason when he would be a UFA. Um, but I wanted to get into today some of the sort of the finer points in dealing with the player – Like Nick Foligno at this stage of his career, uh, when you weigh all of the elements that go into deciding if you want to keep a player or not, all of the elements when it comes into deciding what to pay a player, what sort of term to give a player, uh, yada, yada, yada. And uh, tell me how you frame this from sort of the 30,000 foot view in terms of this being Nick Foligno's last year and where it could go from here.
2: Well, the trick is, unfortunately, the way I'd frame it is not legally how the league can do it (laughs) right now um, if we talk about stats, because um, it's my understanding that contracts right now can only use publicly available stats that are on NHL.com. Now, you can share other information, but it can't be leveraged in a contract um, discussion. So we we get stuck on points and, you know, all the things that just kind of scratch the surface. But then you can put that secret sauce on top of captain, um, of community favorite, of fan favorite. Um, but for me, and I'd be curious to hear what you think, what I think um, will get overlooked when we talk about framing this contract. Because here's the thing. If they keep him, no one's probably going to be happy with the number. Because if it's low, the player's not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And if it's too high, then everyone's going to be ragey about that, particularly with what we expect to be a flat or a only slightly increased cap next year. For sure. But we still can't measure defensive impact. And for me, that's been one of the biggest things he's brought. And I'm talking purely about player level. I mean, I know you we've highlighted to the stuff off outside of just what's going on on the ice. What, how do you leverage? How do you think through how this contract goes down?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's delicate because I I think if you're, if you're the agent, you, you're not relying on his uh, goal production and his offensive output as you did years earlier when the current contract was struck. Um, Right. He's, he's making $5.5 million now. I think, this is a legacy deal. I think those. Mm-hmm. And that, I think these can are kind of a little bit delicate um, mm-hmm. because you don't you don't want to come in as you were saying. You don't want to come in too low on the player and immediately set the shock wave of of, of the player feeling underappreciated and right. right. Um, right. So that that's awkward. I almost think if you're the team, you let the player, you let the player go first. What are you thinking? No, what are you thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, because I think if you're Nick Foligno, your your best argument here is is your willingness to be a team guy to the extreme, to the extreme. He'll play whatever position you want on any line you want, any situation you want. He'll fight. He's a leader in the room. He's the mouthpiece to the to the city. Really he you can't get a guy with a better reputation in terms of his relationship with the fan base in the city you can't do it so all of that is like exemplary off the charts um and i think and so, but that that is a very gray area argument and the team i i don't know that it gets it gets down to the nitty gritty like this isn't an arbitration case where they're both arguing the merits of the player they know who this player is it's just a matter of how much that that player means to you um but allison i you know i worry i guess if i'm if i'm the blue jackets i'm really careful with this because i want to make sure that what i come in with initially is if anything a pleasant surprise not a um, an eye-opening slight. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: I do, but like, here's my thing, and and now I'm flipping on everything I just said. Like, we just watched this organization, and other teams have had this too. We watched with Josh Anderson, where while I think pretty much everyone would agree that he's not a one-goal a year player, that that was going to come into play when money's involved, for sure. And this is a business, yeah. and. Nick Foligno may be worth, and I'm exaggerating here to make my point, Nick Foligno may be worth $10 million a year in intangibles and community and, and value and thanks and that kind of stuff. But this is a business, and particularly right now, the team can't p- pay that, right? Yep. So, I mean, I, I agree with you that they're, it's not like both sides are going to come in and say we project the player to be this and that and the other thing. But don't you think, like at some point, like how – here's my question then. How – Because at some point, you're going to have to go back and forth. What's going to be the measure of value? Is it in part on ice? Or or do you literally try and throw all that out the window? How are you going to measure? Because you have to go to your bosses and say, this is why we're offering this player this much money. How do you quantify or measure the value of the player?
1: Yeah. To me, this is one of those contracts that should require very little negotiation.
2: Well, you say that now.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I say that now because I just, it's not a conversation you want to go on too long with because the longer totally. you go on, right, the, the uglier yep. it can get. Um, the other thing I think the offside of that is having to walk into the owner's office and say, Nick's leaving us.
2: Yep, yep, for sure. And
1: having to explain that to ownership because I think for sure this ownership especially, and I mean ownership, not priest, but above priest, uh, John McConnell, um... I, I he he knows more. I, I don't want this to sound like a slight. I think he appreciates Nick Foligno more as a person than he does as a hockey player. Yeah, so explaining sure. to him why he's not here, I think, would be a very difficult thing for the general manager. Um, I think the the other question is what role because his performance is going to weigh. Obviously, it's going if he can still play, and I don't think there's any doubt that he can still play. And I think he's a guy that can can still play for quite a while. I don't get I mean, I don't think he's the young spry kid he was ten years ago, but right. he's 32 years old. He's he's in really good shape by for by a lot of guys' standards. Um, what role do we see for him this season? For so long he's been a top six guy in Columbus. Do we still think he's that or is is top nine a safer? Bet, the production in recent years has been, frankly, top nine. Not like it was five years ago. He had a 31-goal season, a 26-goal season. It's been top nine-type production. Where do you see him when you know who's in in the fold right now, Allison, uh, in the season that lies ahead?
2: Yeah, I mean, short answer, top nine. Um, Yeah. But I think it depends on how these lines shake out, too. I mean – he saw top line minutes this year this past year. And that's not something I would have projected for him, given who else was on this roster to start. And I, again, I say, I know you're sick of me saying this. Like, I just his defensive impact. I mean, this is a guy who, as our listeners will probably rightly remember, Allison predicted would get votes for the Selkie. This is a player who has a huge defensive impact, and and you can't. Measure that. And if you yeah. need that, like if that becomes the complement to Adomi, who is so heavily leaning offensively, maybe he is top six. Who's to say? But I would say top nine yeah. probably overall.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, let's take a short break and we'll uh, discuss Blue Jackets captain Nick Felino, his uh, long-term feature with the club, and more on the other
3: side. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: Uh, Allison, uh, let's see 2014-15 Nick Fellino 31 goals, 42 assists 73 points. Wow, the next year half of that. Uh, 12 25 37. half of that just in points more than half, less than half that with his goals. Next year he bounces back to 26 25 51. Since then, He's gone 33 points, 35 points, 31 points. Um, John Tortorella says he wants to get him in, quote, more offensive situations. And I'm looking at his his numbers from last year. I'm not the advanced whiz that you are. But for me, an advanced stat, even though it isn't, is, is 7.6 shooting percentage, which is the lowest of his career. Some would assign to that bad luck but there are other factors at play or there can be other factors in play do you do you see nick felino's uh drop in production and specifically his shooting percentage as an indication of a player no longer able to play at the level he did just a few years ago or is this role is this system. You, everyone knows how conservative the Blue Jackets were last year. Um, what are we thinking here?
2: Well, I mean, yes, This the, look, the entire team, and, and I wrote on this in December, the entire team suffered from one of the third worst shooting percentages in the entire league since the last lockout. So um, there was an epidemic of, of poor finishing here, but, you know, again, so let me, let me flip this around to you and say, let's look at the behaviors underlying those stats. This is why those stats don't help us. Last season, he shot more than he ever has hmm. in, in his time in Columbus. He also suppressed shots better than he ever has in Columbus. And he suppressed quality better than he ever has in Columbus. However, his quality generation was pretty much right around where it's always been. So my question back, while I certainly appreciate, and you know, like you just outlined, points, feed, dollars. We know that because that's how contracts work. Would you rather maximize one of your strongest defensive players or try and put someone in offensive positions who maybe that's not where the greatest strength in their game lies.
1: So if I'm hearing you correctly, nothing's really changed about Nick Foligno's game in terms of his ability to create what's changed is he just fired everything he had at the puck, at the net last year.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm looking at some numbers. You keep talking. I'm going to pull up something else Keep yeah.
1: going. because you know it's it's not as easy as it once was when you look at these lines and, and Tortorella laid out the lines to us earlier in the week he likes Texier with Dubois and Atkinson or sorry with Dubois and Bjorkstrand right. um, beyond that I I don't think I'm not I'm not convinced that Foligno plays ahead of Gustav Nyquist on the second line Right. Although I see a situation where Felino and Domi and Atkinson can work very well together.
2: Sure. Absolutely. I agree.
1: Uh, and sometimes that, that aligns science. The fit of it is, is just that it's the fit of it. It's not the next three best players. It's the elements that each person brings uh, to that line. And Foligno, uh with Domi and, and Atkinson, it seems like the right elements are all are all represented there to me.
2: Yes. Yes. But but that's where I that's where maybe and I'm looking now. And so last year was the worst, according to uh, Michael Blake McCurdy of Hockey Viz. last year was Felino's worst finishing year, if you will. So it's a little bit more than shooting percentage goes mm-hmm. into that, but it's kind of the deeper philosophy of that. But again, to that point, I agree with you. I like that line. But tell me if you agree with this. I think part of the reason that line works has everything to do with Felino's two-way game and nothing to do with him being able to put the puck in the net.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of Domi's playmaking and I'm thinking of Atkinson yep. finishing.
2: Yep. Yeah. And Nick creating chaos and being a distraction for those two, which is yeah. excessively valuable. Please understand. I'm not yeah, cutting down the player. Absolutely. But it's not, it's not going to get him on the score sheet, in my yeah. opinion.
1: I think we should also say this though. This isn't going between before an arbitrator, an arbitrator,
2: right? Right. Sure.
1: This this is going before a GM who's seen um, Nick Foligno play more games than any other GM. So he, though, would you know, he wants leverage as much as anybody else. I I don't right. think he could he could ignore um, what is so obvious to people if you watch Nick Foligno play. If I may also pause and, and step off the. The uh, topic for just a moment, Micah Blake McCurdy sounds like a country music star. Tell me, I'm wrong.
2: Oh, you're wrong. What? Micah is de- Micah is a delight. We oh, I'm not ripping Micah him. So I'm much. saying
1: his name sounds like a country music star. It's a great uh, name. Uh,
2: all of it because I know him. I can't. I can't. Oh, okay. Do that translation, but I, I I appreciate your point. Thank you. I mean, Thank what's Aaron Port's line like?
1: Well, that sounds like it does not sound like anything <laughs> musical. <laughs> anything of note. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's the middle name part. It's the three wonderful Goodness. names that, that the, the tongue. Um, yes. Nick Felino, in terms of legacy, I, 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 poked around a little bit on this today because some of these guys, uh, Atkinson, Felino, Savard, have been here in Columbus a while. Um, and you know, I, I, I think we're going to look back on this time, um, no matter where it goes and, and this is going to be its own special Era of of Blue Jackets hockey. But, um, Allison, I'm going to quiz you a little bit here. Uh Uh-oh. Nick Foligno is third in franchise history in games played. Okay. Behind Atkinson and Nash. Okay. He is third all-time in goals, 135, between Atkinson and Nash. He's third all-time in points behind... Atkinson and Nash. Atkinson and Nash. He is third in game-winning goals behind?
2: Atkinson and Nash.
1: It's amazing. He's third all-time in assists behind?
2: Atkinson and Nash. So
1: close. Viborny and Nash. A little oh, trick question enough. there. Fair but enough. the point is, he his place in this organization, um, it cannot be questions. And so I'm going to go out on a, on a bit of a limb here i think rick nash's sweater is going to be retired sooner rather than later i don't have any information to this but it seems logical that the franchise would have considered doing it in this the 20th year yes, um agree. there's no way you do it when the house is empty 100 and so i'm not sure where that stands because no one can say where it stands with fans being in the building right um but So Nash should go up first, my opinion. Yes. Are we to the point now, and they've not won a cup, obviously. They've won but one playoff series, technically. Where if Nick Foligno plays much longer with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Cam Atkinson plays much longer with the Columbus Blue Jackets, where do we think about in terms of putting their jerseys up in the rafters or in some way commemorating what these two great leaders have done uh, for this franchise.
2: So I have to be careful how I say this. Sure. But to your point of what they haven't done yet. Yes. How do we measure greatness when team greatness hasn't yet been achieved? Does that make sense?
1: I do. It does so, make
2: sense. You yeah. know, it's, it's hard for me because you look at you look at the storied franchises who've been around for forever those jerseys that are retired are affiliated with a lot more no matter how impressive everything we just went through is there's more that came and i feel like a total ass saying that but
1: <laughs> no it's fair that you got to be careful with hanging jerseys up
2: yes that's what i'm saying
1: yeah it should be the best of the best of the best But I also think it's a step, a solid nod below Hall of Fame. Agree. It's it's sort of your team Hall of Fame. And if I think of it in terms of this team's Hall of Fame, I don't think at longest serving captain in franchise history. He's not going to hit 1,000 NHL games this year. Even if they played 82, he he could only get to 990. But he's going to hit 200 goals. He's going to hit 300 assists. He's going to hit 500 points. Probably, right um, i I think he's playing, I think this year he plays his way into the realm of it being an argument in Columbus now. In other mm-hmm. words, a fair argument like I, I don't think uh, I don't think you you put Viborni there, Umberger there right. um, I agree, those I agree, guys. I agree. but I think Felina, you know again, you take the whole picture of what Nick Felino is. And I think it's becoming a real, uh, a real debate in terms of does his number deserve to to hang up there. And I guess I guess I'd be okay with it if he signs the next contract and plays on here. I think that's what you're looking at. And I I went back through the years and I thought of players who have stayed here long enough to sort of to have that legacy contract. Rick Nash signed a contract with the Blue Jackets and was traded during his contract, but he wasn't really a legacy player until after that contract expired. Mm-hmm. Um, they really haven't had that player that is in this situation that Felino is with this organization. Um, so I think it's all very, very interesting. Um, well let me ask
2: let me ask you this.
1: Yeah, please.
2: Would you agree with the statement? And this is taking nothing away from the tremendous human and contributions of Nick Foligno. Is Cam Atkinson the better player?
1: Um, I would. Well, it's hard. I would say Cam Atkinson is the better goal scorer. Okay, fair. I think there are elements to Nick Foligno's game that are not uh, evident or possible with Cam Atkinson's game. I think if you think in terms of big moments, you think of the Nick Felino goal against Pittsburgh. Sure. Right. And that's that him sliding along the ice first home playoff win. Yes. Uh, is a vision that's burned in many people's brains. Yes. Um, and I don't think Cam Atkinson's had that moment yet, although I may be forgetting something embarrassing.
2: But I guess, the, and look, let me be very clear. If Nick Fellino's jersey is retired and goes in the rafters, I'm not going to be complaining yeah. one second. No
1: one's saying it, yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> um, right. But would you? I think I think you could also make a case potentially. It just, it goes back. I, I liked your comment about it's one step below the Hall of Fame. Like, what is the intention, right? And what is the tone of our theme of retired jerseys for the organization? Yeah. Because yeah. You could also make a case, in my opinion, that if Nick Felino was going to have his jersey retired, Cam Atkinson surely should have his jersey retired, and perhaps before Nick Felino
0: and restrictions apply. Yeah. And so I, I think a club needs to have a
1: uh, – I, I, I'm not big on this kind of thing, as you may have surmised <coughs> through the years, but it's not a mission statement right. necessarily. Right, right, but right. a team needs to say, this is, this is our criteria for retiring a number. Yes. Um, and forget what every other team in the league has done because there are some truly <laughs> stupid <laughs> – truly stupid jersey <laughs> retired. Ray Bork's jersey is retired in Colorado. I don't think he played a full season there. I don't think he ever played 100 games there. <laughs> nice. That's that's ridiculous. And I get it. He got traded from Boston to there and to Colorado they won. That's a joke. That is a joke. Um it should be retired in Boston. I got no yeah. problem with that. Colorado? Come on. Um but so what what do you value? I think being right. a long-term captain puts you in a, a category for consideration um all by itself um i think having huge moments where you provided the huge moment puts you in another category the big moment rises to the occasion at the big moments mm-hmm. certainly through your body of work mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. um, and i and the other but but the, the The biggest thing to me is, could you imagine somebody else wearing that sweater number for that team? And so no one's worn sixty one since Rick Nash left right It's not hanging in the in the rafters, but it's pretty much already retired
2: but in fairness, and, no one's come to the organization who's wearing that number I mean because that's part of it too, <laughs> right I mean.
1: It is, but but that I I don't think Jamie and <laughs> Timmy uh, I don't Timmy would give him would give him that number. They'd say no, how's sixteen? How's uh, six? How's something else? Can we be creative here? Because um, that number's not going out. And and when Nick Felino leaves this organization, hopefully in in several years, I just can't imagine somebody pulling seventy one over their shoulder anytime soon.
2: And and I'm not trying to make this a, an A or B, but I would say the same about 13.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Because I, and to, I, I feel like... To me, though... Uh, you've staked out the same ground on Felina that I'm staking out on Atkinson. I'm not against it either. Right. I'm not. We're just discussing it here. And I, I can't imagine 13 on anybody either. But yeah.
2: Because I feel like what Cam doesn't get, and when we talk about the stuff outside of the organization, and and... Correct me if I'm wrong, and this is not a dig, but Cam is still the only player who's living here year-round. Active player, I believe, in Columbus. Yeah, it could be, yeah. So, you know, and and when we talk about the journey of this franchise, that is the player who, and and I'm not going to say Nick doesn't believe this, but I think Cam was more vocal and active in saying, I want to be here. This is my home. Correct. This is where I'm making my home. And we see him right. investing in things like battery hockey and, yeah. and giving back to the community very actively as well. Yep. So so for me too, like if I'm Jamie or Timmy, I don't think you're giving out any of those numbers when those no. players are no longer on the roster. No. That's my opinion.
1: That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, that's very fair. So – Put yourself in Jarmo (laughs) Kekalainen's extremely expensive (laughs) moment, Um, Or Josh Flynn's, the the, um, assistant GM who does a lot of the contracts now. What number (gasps) and what term are you putting before Nick Foligno when you talk about a contract extension that would carry him beyond this coming season?
2: See, this is the terrible part. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so he's 32.
1: I feel like we need to do this though. If we're going to, if we're going to tell these guys how to do their jobs, we should at least so act. Like
2: I never tell gonna... them how to do their jobs. I just gloat <laughs> when they take something I've hinted at and try it. <laughs> That's my math. Um, let's see. So he's 32. He's going to be 33 this month. <sighs> I certainly don't go longer than four years. I'm thinking three feels right to me. But again, you don't want to insult the player. Right. Um, See, and here's the trick. like When I pulled up similarity scores, here's here's who Evolving Hockey has most similar to Nick Foligno for the past three years. Oh, no. Martin Erat, 2012 to 2015. And then a variety of cuts on Derek Ryan's career. In three-year chunks. And really? that player right now, Derek Ryan, and I mean, it has all the extra stuff we have not talked about for sure. Derek Ryan is 33 right now. Um, he's at 3.125 per AAV. Yeah. And so, and Nick's at, and that's the thing, you can't solve the player. Nick's at 5.5. And we're dealing with a depressed cap situation. Mm-hmm. So I say three times oh God. Well, maybe you go twelve over three with some sort of like escalating number, or thirteen over three. Yeah. What do you say?
1: Um I think I would offer two. Years, $7 million total, or three years, nine, his choice.
2: I would like the record to show that as much as I've piled on Nick Foligno, I was going to pay him more money.
1: With the understanding that at the end of this contract, we'll meet and talk about continuing one-year extensions. Oh, boy. But it's...
2: Vinny Prospel says it's hello. An,
1: it's important to us that Nick Foligno play for the Blue Jackets as long as Nick Felino plays for the Blue Jackets wants to play for the Blue Jackets. And when he's done, I think you you talk to him. And you can't – this can't be part of your negotiation. I believe this is against the CBA um, to make it part of the package, of course. But you can talk to the player about having a enduring and ongoing relationship with the club in some capacity after the fact, if that's what he wants.
2: Okay. And I was joking when I said it, but now I'm going to be dead serious. Yeah. That presumes that the current management stays in place because – that kind of deal was in place with Vinny Prospel and then it completely disintegrated. So
1: yeah. And the player would, player would have to know that of course, going in that this is not, this is not a transferable agreement. I don't think that's legal to be honest with you. I know know it's not,
2: but my, it's not legal. But my point is, okay, so let's, let's just for sake of argument, all of a sudden Yarmo gets hired to be, I don't, you know, he's whatever he gets some great job or he buys a team or something and Josh Flynn sure. is hired by Seattle for, you know, who knows. And now you've got a new GM and the new GM does not honor said discussion intention.
1: Right. I mean, what can you do? That's, that's, it would have to be made apparent to Nick Felina that there's no guarantees that people making these agreements are going to be here forever. Um, at the onset, the other side of it is you would hope that they're, that a new GM, while not recognizing the contract promises or or insinuations, would recognize the player's value to the organization and would want him to be part of it long term. Anyways,
2: would you not offer the same comment about Vinny Prosser in the moment when this when this management came into place?
1: Uh, yeah, except I think there there were things behind the scenes with Vinny. Uh, Vinny was. <sighs>
2: Oh, I know. <laughs> Vinny was uh, Vinny? old school. Yes, he was.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Vinny, I'll, I'll never forget the day uh, we came off the practice uh, ice and we walk into the room and we're, you know, that that uh, moment where you're standing at the end of the dressing room waiting for guys to get situated before you walk up and chat. And Vinny is pulling the sweater over his head and gives me... We make eye contact and he does the head shake, which then the sort of backward nod, which is like, get your ass over here. Um, and I, I've got my tape recorder notebook and I go, Hey, Vinny, Vinny, what's up? And he says, ask me questions. <laughs> and I said, uh, okay. And I asked him some question. I didn't get three words into it. And he just started going, we don't practice hard enough. We're not prepared for games. We do not practice hard enough. And he was ripping the shit out of Scott O'Neill. Well. And we'd, yeah, I was like, whoa.
2: (laughs) Join the club. And,
1: (laughs) And there were like two other questions asked, and he unloaded more. And. He's, he's like, we're like 0-6, or we've lost six games in a row, and we practiced for 22 minutes. Are you effing kidding me? This is blah, 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 blah. These guys don't know how to work hard, blah, 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 blah. Um, he was amazing and so passionate. But, um, yeah, they um, <laughs> there was some stuff that uh, people weren't fond of because uh, he's a bit too old school for some. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah. But I, I think uh I think the, the question before them, and I, I get the sense that both sides want it to happen, which is why I'm optimistic that it will. Sure. That Nick Felino will be here for a very uh, very long time. And I think Columbus feels like a second home to him. And I think it I think it's going to be a long term home for him. His kids are playing hockey now. His yep. kids are starting to get into schools and uh that gets harder to move. Well, okay. Um, or at least it becomes another reason to stay, you know?
2: Well, now, and this is probably a topic for another podcast, and it's way too early to bring this up. What if Seattle takes him?
1: Well, he'll, if his contract's expiring and not signed, I don't think they can.
2: Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So the, so now this is an important wrinkle then. So you're saying- I mean,
1: they could sign him.
2: Right. But you're, But yeah. the point is, then- People can't be freaking out when Nick Foligno doesn't have a contract when, in theory, he might usually because it would be an intentional strategy to keep him from getting potentially claimed by Seattle.
1: Correct. It would behoove the club to sign him after the expansion draft. Right. Yeah. Just making um, that point clear I, to the people. Yeah. And I think – so he's got a no, a limited no move right now. He's given the team 10 teams uh, that he – I forget how it works with his. I've got it written out somewhere. But 10 teams he won't go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not an indication of anything. that They do that no matter if the team's trying to trade them right. or not. But his no-move clause will lift next year. Um, and so that that's why this expansion draft for them is so much better than the last one. He's off. Doobie's off. They're not required to protect those guys right. given the rules of expansion. So they're in no trouble expansion-wise. Okay. Uh, but Nick Felino, UFA after this coming season. No talks yet uh, toward a new contract or toward an extension um but something that's probably down the road for both the player and the team uh something to think about uh as we move along here Allison anything else to add
2: no I, th- I don't send in hate mail I'm not saying Nick Foligno isn't a very good and important part of the organization just asking the questions
1: I hope he listens
2: to well. yeah I'm sure he has plenty of other things to do <laughs>
1: um so we this is a friday we're going to start doing one of these a week and we'll let you know via twitter what day of the week works best it could be wednesday right there in the middle of the week um and we'll we'll respond with two certainly if news uh pops up that that justifies that the blue jackets are still uh flirting a bit with with free agents the the asking price is going to have to go down quite a bit and it may well um, so none of that's uh, for sure. But if there's big news to report, we'll step in with the podcast, absolutely. Otherwise, one a week uh, from now until eh, for a month or so, month and a half or so till things start picking up again and uh, we have a better indication of when the season might start. Uh, thanks so much for listening to us, and we will talk to you soon.
3: Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot.